Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Amber. Um, here we are on Palm Sunday. Um, weirdly enough, and empty buildings, and um, that's just the way it is at the moment. And uh, what I'd love to do is this morning, I'd love to talk to you um, just for a minute or two at the start, really personally about the coronavirus. I want to, if I can, um, speak into the pain and into the fear and into the anxiety People are stressing. Uh, The question is, how will we survive this pandemic that is affecting not just our wee nation of Ireland, but the whole world? How can that be? Um, These are the questions. It's unbelievable, really, actually quite surreal. And I began thinking about it this week. I have been walking early in the morning and thinking about this and thinking about what God is really trying to say to us at the moment and trying to say to the church because um, Emmanuel Church was based on that little verse that says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so I am desperately, desperately calling out to God at the minute, God, what are you saying to the church? We need ears to hear and we need to hone ourselves and consecrate ourselves as leaders and as people to hear what God is saying to the church. And, and I began to think this week about the onslaught of buying. I began to think of the, um, at the start of this, maybe not just as bad now. I'm not the most ardent shopper, so I'm probably not um, the person to be speaking about this. But I do go into Tesco's and places I got now and again, and I did notice something as, as I went into the Tesco's and noticed that um, all the toilet paper shelves were empty, all the hand soaps were gone. And believe it or not, there were no tablets. All the proofing shelves were empty. And um, like every time I'd go in, and uh, I would come home to Lorraine and I would say, Laurie, it's kind of weird because there was loads of bread. There was plenty of chicken and ham and potatoes and meat and tons of fruit, but there was just no toilet paper and there was no hand sanitizer, and um, there were no tablets, there was no briefing. And, um, and I began to wonder this question, I began to wonder, why would people stock up so much on things that are really menial, and they won't need, at least not all immediately, <laughs> and neglect the stuff that they can't do without, like food? Why would that be the case? And over the last two weeks, um, um, since the call to stay at home and stay safe, we've been talking to you a little bit about, um, two weeks ago I spoke to you about Jeremiah 29, 11, about, I talked to you about how to, how to um, live and to love and to look. And, and, and last week we um, used that little phrase, there's no place like home. And um, 
And we looked at how the maniac, because that's what the Bible calls him, uh, and the Gezerines got sent home by Jesus to try and figure out his true identity and mend his relationships. And I suggested to you last week that we've all been sent home to figure out our true identity and allow nothing to stand in your way um, when that happens. So this week, what I want to do, I want to take a step back again into the Old Testament and look at a well-known character by the name of Joshua. And, and I know this is going to sound strange to you in me telling you it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes about the beginning of the book and the end of the book. There's a load that happens in between. It's all about conquering and taking and knocking down walls and taking cities and, and accomplishing what God has called for them. But the beginning and the ending of the book are very, very interesting. And so um, the book of Joshua actually covers about a 70-year period. There's 24 chapters in it, covers about 70 years, and it's a lifetime, really. And it's a book about God making good on his promises, and it tells how Israel entered and conquered the land um, that God had promised them. In fact, God's faithfulness is so complete at the end of the book, we hear a proclamation that we're going to read. So there we go. I've started to tell you about the beginning of the book, and I'm already at the end of the book, all right? Joshua 23, 14. If you've got a Bible or a nap on your phone, it would be good to look at this verse. And if you've got a Bible and a pen, it would be great to underline it because it's a verse that I think is very special for the day and age in which we live. Here's what it says, Joshua 23, 14. You know, now Joshua, at the end, at this chapter, he's at nearing the end of his life, and he's reminding them, this is the context of it, he's reminding them of, the, of God's goodness, all, all right? So just, it's important you know that. And here's what he says. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. I'll read that again. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God give you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Now again, I tell you that the context of this is Joshua is getting old. He's about to die. He knows that. And he's trying to do his best to remind the people of the faithfulness of God. Why is he doing that? He's doing that because he wants them to continue. He wants them when he's no longer there. He's 110 now, the Bible tells us. And he knows that, um, that when he's gone, that things could maybe go skew with. And so he's reminding them of the faithfulness of God. And so we can ask ourselves some questions today. We can ask ourselves, can we count on God to keep his promises? Well, the answer from the book of Joshua is a resounding yes. God is utterly dependable, and we can trust him completely. That's what it's telling us. And Joshua is a book for those people who maybe feel like their prayers are, are a little bit unanswered, or for those who wonder, is God really active and alive? And for those who desire fresh assurance of God's dependability, this is the book for you. It's a book about endurance. A, a book about endurance. It's a book about how to live in the land God has given you. It's a book about how to love in the land God has given you. It's a book about how to keep looking to God in the land that he has given to you, especially when there's a battle and especially when hardships come. 
And the book of Joshua picks up the story of Israel's history after the death of its leader, Moses, and carries it through the entry and the conquest. And, and then at the end of the chapter, the last two or three chapters you have of the book, you have the division of the lands or the allotment of the lands out to the tribes. It's a powerful story. This is the, this is the, the story of Joshua stepping into his call, a call that seemed high by human standards, but, and he could never have done this without God. And we'll see that when we come to the end. And this book actually began to make me ask some questions. I was studying this for myself, actually, over the last wee while and writing some devotional stuff on it. And, and I began to ask myself some questions. So here's my first question. I have four questions for you today. Here's my first question. How do we react when faced with something we feel totally beyond our ability to do? How do we react when faced with something we feel totally beyond our ability to do? Um, God sometimes gives us things that without him, it would be impossible to accomplish. And whatever that may be, be for you, and whatever that may be for me, I can tell you in the strength of this incredible book that God is worthy of all of our trust. I believe that God, what God is doing with the church worldwide at this present time is he sifting the church. There is no doubt about that. And can I say this with all um, reverence in my heart, because I love the church, but the church will not survive without him. The church will not survive without him. It has survived without him in many other occasions, but it won't survive this without him. I believe that with all my heart. And because, let's face it, the reality is we've been used to doing stuff by memory. And we could do it sometimes. I've done this for a lifetime. And, and we get to the place sometimes where we could do it with our eyes closed. And if God turns up, great. And if he doesn't, there's no big problem. We just go through the motions. Not anymore. Not anymore. This is a moment. This is a moment where God is dealing with his church. I believe this with all my heart. And the church will not survive without him. We will not accomplish this without him. Not anymore. Now, this book's a class book. I call it an adventure because that's exactly what it is. The book begins with the children camped on the east bank of, of Jordan and right at the promised land. Now, 39 days ago, just 39 days ago, Moses left camp and handed over leadership to Joshua and went up the mountain for the last time. And the Bible tells us that he walked into the presence of God in some shape or form. The Bible actually tells us that God buried him. So nobody knows where Moses is buried. Actually, um, the devil got into a bit of an argument with uh, Michael the archangel about that in the little book of Jude, but you can read that for yourself. But nobody knows because God manhandled the body of Moses after he died somewhere up in that Sinai range. And so that was just 39 days ago um, whenever we opened the book of Joshua. Now, 39 years ago, they had left Sinai. They'd, they'd camped at Sinai for almost a whole year. And, um, and 39 years ago, after receiving the law, they were at this point where they're at now. But they'd failed to move in. They'd failed because of fear. They'd failed to go in because they, 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 they saw the giants and all of that. And God turned them back into the wilderness where they would wander for the next 39 years and a total generation was absolutely fallen and wiped out. And the reason for this, the reason for this was they'd gathered a whole lot of what they didn't need. 
and forgot to gather what was irreplaceable. These people had gathered their, so to speak, toilet rolls and hand sanitizers and their pills, but they forgot about the bread. They forgot about the essentials. They forgot about the bread of life. Everything became more important to them than the most important thing. And here's my second question. Am I making the most important thing the most important thing? Am I making the most important thing the most important thing? Now, I know it sounds simple, but this crisis has showed us that there's a natural instinct to survive. It's look after every man for himself, look after self. And, and in this story where we are now, only Joshua and Caleb, they're over 40, and, and Joshua was their new leader, and commissioned by God himself, he's going to lead these people into this promised land. And three times over in the first chapter, God reminds Joshua to be strong and of courage. And, and, and last week, um, last week uh, I challenged you about trying to find your true identity in this time. And today, I want to take it a little step further with a bigger question and ask you, what about trying to find out your true call at this time? Not just your true identity, but your true call. What is it God really wants you to do? What is it God really wants me to do in this pandemic, in this crisis as a church? It reminds me so forcibly that God is faithful even when I'm faithless. God is loving even when I'm most unlovable. And God has called us aside to work in us. And, 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 and can I say it again? I said it last week. Please, please don't miss it. Don't miss this. He makes me lie down, the psalmist says um, in Psalm 23. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And in some shape or form, he has called us aside. You've got to believe this. And he has something to do in our lives. And we need to find what that true call is. We are never sillier than when we forget the fact that uh, and act like a spiritual orphan. Um, as though his grace isn't sufficient. When we forget that something happens, that God is working in all things for our good, working all things after the counsel of his will to make us like Jesus. And sometimes we just need set free from our foolishness and acknowledge that God is with us and for us, even when we don't feel like it and doubt it. I love the grip of his eternal grace on my life. I love that. I love the fact that he, we are in his grip and that is something that, 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 that grip in us, we can never lose or lose. That is so powerful. Now, throughout the book of Joshua, um, you'll see over and over again, God demonstrates his power by turning up, winning battle after battle, accomplishing all that uh, he, he had promised to do. And when it comes to the end of, book, of the book, Joshua, at the end of his life, is relaying and to, to, to his people, jogging their memories of all the faithfulness of God. And in chapter 24, again I say he's an old man, and he starts with Abraham. And, and he, he brings them to this present moment, reminding them beyond any shadow of a doubt that, that every promise that God had made was fulfilled. And every battle that fought was won. And now at the conclusion of the book, Joshua asks Israel to reaffirm the most important decision of their lives. And he says this in chapter 24, verse 17, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. God has given us the ability to make choices. And just like these people, uh, I, I hope and pray our declarations might be something similar. Here's their declarations. You'll find them scattered through chapter 24. They say, 
We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. They say, no, we will serve the Lord. They say, so we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is God. These are their words. These are their proclamations. These are their dedication. But alas, we only get into the book of Judges a short time, and we find that they failed and fell miserably. Why? Because they didn't keep the most important thing the most important thing. So here we have at the end of the book this man, Joshua, who served God all his life, led his people almost seamlessly. And after he makes that declaration to them, choose you this day whom you will serve. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love this man. I'm inspired by the life of Joshua. I haven't studied it over the last few weeks. And uh, I, I, I feel his legendary call to choose whom you will serve, rings out to us truer than ever today, especially in a pandemic like we're going through. And I feel like singing the words of Luther. He said this, that though the world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, his rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure, one little word shall fell him. Beautiful, isn't it? Now, in the light of God's love, may it empower us to love him more than we fear death. May it empower us to show up rather than shrink back. May we overcome, because we will overcome, not by might nor by muscle, but by his mercy and his grace. So you say, Phil, I I can't do it in my own steam. You're dead right. You know, when when Daniel was a little boy, on bin day, he used to say to me, Dad, can I help you put the bin out? Now, being a good father, I'm thinking this should only take a minute and it's going to take an hour. But we, you know what you do. And so, um, so I, would, I would lower the bin, the, the, the wheelie bin, I would lower it down where he could put his hand on the handle and I would hold it down where he, he could get. And, and so together, me stooped down and him holding the bin, we would take the bin to the gate. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. He was holding the bin, but he wasn't holding the bin. He was pushing the bin, but he wasn't pushing the bin. He was carrying the weight of the bin, but he wasn't carrying the weight of the bin. And, and if you're getting this, I'm letting you into a 70-year-old secret of Joshua. He figured this out. On a hillside in Joshua 5, he figured this out. He come across a battle-clad, armor-bearing warrior probably the pre-incarnate Jesus, and he says to him, are you for us? He's facing Jericho. He's facing a stronghold. He says, are you for us or are you against us? Isn't it funny whenever the chips are down and things are tough that you tend to think nobody's for you, God has failed you, everybody's against you, you're all alone, you're isolated. And here he was facing the pre-incarnate Jesus, and he asked him this question, are you for us or are you against us? I love the answer. The answer comes back, says, I don't take sides, I take over. I don't take sides, I take over. And that day, Joshua figured out that he just needed to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. He figured out, I'm not going to gather up a whole lot of what I don't need and forget to gather what's irreplaceable. And if we could just learn that lesson, 
because the battle belongs to the Lord. Just understand rank and file and understand we just need to keep following Jesus. A lesson we will do well to learn because we're not going to survive. The church will not survive without Jesus. Not anymore. It won't survive without the unfolding presence of the Holy Spirit. We no longer can bluff this, folks. We got to we got to look to him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So there's the four points today. How do we react when faced with something we feel totally beyond our ability to do? Are we making the most important thing the most important thing? Are we using this time to figure out our true call? And are we choosing this day who will serve? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We used to sing it in Sunday school. Don't worry, I won't sing it for you. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. We line said, strength for today is mine all the way and all that I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. As we enter this holy week, um, on this Palm Sunday, David's reminded us um, that Jesus set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. No turning back. No turning back. There he would take up his cross and he would pay the price for our redemption, yours and mine. He would take upon him the sin of the world. The Bible reminds us that he would actually become sin for you and I. That's awesome. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'd love you to pray this prayer as we finish today. I'd love you to pray it with us. I'll pray it slow. And if you would pray it with us, I'd love um, that you would do that. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, for too long, I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe that you're the son of God who died on the cross, who died for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be my savior and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've done that, we'd love to know. We have loads of resources that we could help you uh, and get them to you. If you'd let us know through our website, which is info at emmanuel-church.co.uk. And we would love to, um, just to um, celebrate with you. We'd love to praise with you. Um, if you've found and, uh, Christ as your Savior and made that your prayer today. And um, as we say, be able to get some resources out to you. So may the Lord bless you. May you be challenged by the word to not gather up all the stuff you don't need when missing the most important thing. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.